I've joked in the past about having Rachel's rants. Instead, what I really think all of y'all need is Rachel's real biz talk. So today, I am gonna get up and we're gonna talk about how all these big leaders in the industry are all pushing hustle culture and you must offer this and you must offer all that. And I'm gonna show you exactly why simplifying is gonna be the way for you to scale. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. All right, friends, before we get into episode 137, don't forget, you can go to the show notes page, rachelbrainke.com forward slash EPI 137. I actually want y'all to do that this week because I am going to be releasing a free challenge soon. I've been thinking a lot about the things that y'all need, and we're going to talk about a lot of it in this episode, but the real biz challenge, all free, all fun, all full of good content, free content, free, free, free. Have I said that? free. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. Just kidding. But really, it's going to be so much fun. There's going to be giveaways. So make sure you hop over to rachelbrangy.com, click on the challenge and get signed up on the wait list. So when we're ready to roll, we'll get it pushed out to you. Well, well, we are here for another week of the Business Bites podcast. I am your host, Rachel Branke. And as always, quick bites of content for busy entrepreneurs. This week, I'm digging into Rachel's Real Biz Talk. I want to get up front and just highlight all the things that I'm seeing that are being taught that I think are causing a lot of y'all stress, paralyzation, procrastination. I mean, just think about it. You're Some days you're waking up feeling completely overwhelmed. And right now, during pandemic, I completely understand that. There's a lot going on. But when it comes to your business, you're probably having more of these days than you wish you were. My big piece of inspiration and advice before we dig into the episode here is just please keep showing up. Even as imperfect as you may think it is, imperfect presence prevails over perfect procrastination. So keep that in mind. Imperfect presence prevails over perfect procrastination because what I am finding, I sat down and I've looked at all what's being taught online. I've looked to see what is paralyzing many of y'all. I work with you one-to-one. You're also in my groups and I'm getting it. I feel the pain points. And you know what? I have even fallen into the trap this year of looking around and going, ooh, I should offer this and I should offer that. I should offer this. And guess what? You become distracted. You start offering all these things and you just become spread so thin that you're frustrated. And really, it's the hustle culture. It's these hustle culture gurus that are telling you, oh, you got to pay your dues. You got to hustle, hustle. You got to get out there. Yes, that is true. Sometimes you do need to get out there. Sometimes when you just don't feel like doing the work, you need to do the work. But really, what is important is you need to keep showing up. Again, even as imperfect as you think it is. And I want to give y'all a little guidance today on how we can simplify this. Because what's happening is that y'all are overcomplicating and setting it up on this pedestal of what the process needs to be. I promise simplifying is going to make you more strategic and it's going to make it easier for you to scale up. Because what is the end result? What do we want 
Well, obviously we want our business to be successful. So we want a real business. We want to be making the money. And I really am looking at you, female entrepreneurs, y'all, we should be shattering that seven figure ceiling. That's another episode for another day. But that is one of the goals. When I think of real business, I want you to have a business that is strategic, that is simplified, that's giving you what you need, that's providing the solution to your audience. And, but here's the other part that a lot of people don't talk about, and the real life. So real business, real life. What does the real life thing look like to you? And here I'm going to share a little story. And if you've been following me on Instagram, which is where I share a lot of my personality, um, I want you to just go along with me in this story real quick. All right. Because I've been doing this for almost two decades. My gosh, which side note, my bank today gave me congratulations. You've been with us for almost 20 years. And I went, but I'm only 22, so how's that possible? <laughs> Never mind the fact that I just turned 36 a couple weeks ago. But actually, while I was having my birthday, this is how the year has gone. Started the year very difficult. A lot of personal things going on. I've talked about that in the episodes before. Moved into pandemic. We all know what that's like. But here is the thing. I have preached for years, being the mom of five, cancer survivor, competing with Team USA, all that jazz. You can check out my bio, do a quick scroll through Instagram. You can see what I'm about. I've always talked about being able to have this life over business. I love the heck out of business, but I want it to support the lifestyle that I want. And it was interesting to see it physically manifest within the last few weeks. So we decided... Let's take the kids. They're doing virtual learning, right? And that was coming to a close because they're getting ready to put the kids back into school here in Virginia. We're right outside of Washington, D.C. And so we're like, all right, let's go to the beach for a week. We go to this little sleepy town in North Carolina. Um, it, it's like a Nicholas Sparks-esque type of town. Super sleepy, super love it. And it was starting to get a little chilly. I'm like, that's okay. At least we'll get a change of pace. Because think about it. Like us as adults, we're already craving being around other people and having normal life and getting outside these four walls. I wanted to give that to my five children as well. And we go. And then while we're there, we're like, you know what? We're already halfway to Florida. Let's just go ahead. And you know, we had these Disney tickets that we needed to use. We were supposed to go in before pandemic started. And actually the day that Disney shut down was the day that we were supposed to go. And so we're like, well, we need to use the tickets. We're halfway there. So let's just keep driving to Florida. And we extend our vacation two and a half weeks. So three and a half weeks. And I use the term vacation a little loosely. And I'm going to share that in a second. But think about that for a second. The week that I'm at the beach, I mean, I was posting on Instagram, I'm like sniffling, not because I'm sick, because I'm like teary-eyed, which by the way, 2020 is making me soft, y'all. <laughs> That's for sure. Getting old too, getting older, not old. Older does that as well. But I was like, you know, I'm living the life that I want to be. We're traveling. I'm being able to not worry about the financial cumbersome and we're in a pandemic, right? So we go to the Airbnb. We're going to the beach every day. The kids are doing school midday. I'm doing work midday, but we're having a change of pace. I was all sorts of weepy about that. And then we we're like, oh, let's just up and go to Florida too. Another Airbnb. We go there. And side note, please don't send me any judgment about the Disney situation and going to Florida. Everything was socially distanced. We're all good. Everything was fine. Okay? If, you, if, if that's what you picked up in the story and you're unhappy for this, I'm sorry. But I want to be transparent. I don't hide anything from y'all. If you already follow me on Instagram, you already know about this. 
So when we're there, we're there over my birthday, and we get to do all the sort of fun things, some days in the park, some days home, and we, the kids got to do school, I got to do work, and I realized I was living my real business and my real life. Because on one side, I had financially set myself up that this was just a blip. I mean, I it wasn't like I just was recklessly spending money. I was being very intentional about choosing and saving, but we had the financial resources to do it. That is also because I've had one of the best years ever, even during pandemic, which is, you know, something I've been talking about even on social media in the last few weeks is that a lot of entrepreneurs have had their best years ever, even during pandemic, because they have a solution and they crafted a message and they're providing this to people who need it. Not that they're preying on the public, but they're providing a solution. And that's a very privileged and awesome place to be. And I recognize that and don't take that for granted. So that's the real business aspect. But let's even take it a step further on the real business aspect. I have a team. I One of my goals for years that I've been resistant to, and y'all have heard me talk about on the podcast that management's one of the most difficult things for me, and I'm learning and growing. This year, I knew that I needed to get, even from a good place of good financial return and everything's working really well, I wanted to be able to continue to grow and do more, which we're going to talk about here later on. And but the, the only way I could do that was by hiring people. So I was able to bring on multiple people this year, provide employment for others who otherwise may not have had employment during pandemic or simply to financially provide them a little bit more stability in their lives. And so that's the real business aspect. And obviously felt like I've really achieved the next level of what I've been looking for. And paired with that is the real life. I was able and was living and am living the real life. And one thing since I've been home is I've stepped back and I've gone, why is it that there's so many people, especially female entrepreneurs, especially moms, but you don't have to be a mom, but I identify that with that, obviously, because I have like 500 kids running around here, three dogs, love them all to death, is I want that for others. And honestly, if you've listened to my story that I did back in like January, I think it was episode 100, I talked about the um, the path that I've been on and how I started out because I wanted to help others also to not have to be in a nine to five they're not happy with and in a cubicle farm and being away from their family or not being able to have their own hobbies and pursue dreams, et cetera, right? And so it was just great that this all came about. But what I did when I got home, I've been digging in so much so that I have been waking up like at a start of like four or 5 a.m. and I'm just like writing notes on my phone under the covers trying to not wake anybody up. And I'm realizing that, just like I said at the beginning of the episode, many entrepreneurs are overcomplicating. They're overcomplicating and thinking that they have to provide webinars and podcasts and books and speaking engagements, which we know little bits on hold during pandemic, but then they're also having to do one-to-one this, and they're also having to do that. And we're also having to be the website updater. They're trying, they're being preached. You have to offer all these things and be all these things, but it's not financially feasible because what's going to happen? You're going to be doing tasks where your time would be better valued and return would be better elsewhere, but it's not physically feasible if you're going to scale. So you're overcomplicating it by trying to offer too many things. You're also confusing your audience by offering too many things, too many missed messages, and you're just spread too thin. So here is what I want to boil down to. We want to think about simplifying to scale up. And again, my goal is for many of y'all, no matter where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, I want you to reach a financial level that you can have that real business, real life. I just told you my story, but what is your story for that? 
feel free to pause, come, you know, write it out and then come back or just really commit 10, 15, 20 minutes to thinking about what would a real business look like? What would real life look like for you? But I want to provide you a little guidance with that too. One of the only ways, well, not one, but this is a structure. This is one outline that I have created to bring to y'all some of the ways that you're overcomplicating, spreading yourself thin, confusing your audience, and really hindering yourself from scaling. One is you're trying to attack all the social media channels that are out there. And I am raising my hand. I'm raising both hands. <laughs> Y'all can't see me. I fell into this trap during pandemic. I was like, ew, look at those YouTubers. Look how awesome they look. I should start adding video and I should start doing this and I should start adding on this LinkedIn and here and there. And you know what? I realized is I was what, the jack of all trades, master of none. I was not able to give the good engagement, which is something I really value in my business. I offload the things that I don't like so that I can do things that require me. But we always ask ourselves in the business is, is, are these hands that Rachel needs to be touching? And actually, even my team has gotten to the point where they say, your fingers don't need to be touching that. And it's true because I am more valuable on here recording podcasts, giving, do, you know, podcasts on other people's, giving webinars, teaching, doing all those sorts of things. I am more valuable in creating content and engaging with y'all on social media. But here was the deal. I took that to a little bit to the extreme. I was like, all right, I am the head captain of the social media content. So I need to go out and hit all the channels. And I'm telling y'all, I started to see a decline this year. You know, we can sit here and try to blame Zuckerberg for this on Facebook and on Instagram and that LinkedIn's got all this spam, which it does, but that's a whole thing. But the reality is trying to tackle too many social media channels is a huge one that I'm seeing. And here's the deal. And I kind of walk myself back here because sometimes, you know, I, I've taught this in the past and I'm really regretting it, this whole automation of social media. I do agree that you should automate your social media in that you do like a whole brain dump, you get it all created, it can automatic post for you so that it frees up your time to engage and respond. I do agree with that. I do not agree when you are posting content on one platform to trickle and push to other platforms and it doesn't suit the platform. Um, for example, let's say you're going to put links in Instagram caption so that it can push through to like Facebook and LinkedIn or Twitter. Well, links and captions are not clickable. And it's just those little things like that, you know, you don't want to automate so much and spread your net so big that you're not able to target. So the first one is social media channels. My recommendation, and if you guys go back to episode 12, I talk about the magic of the client avatar or consumer avatar, or whatever you, the ideal client, whatever you want to call it. And one of the things you're going to do is you're going to identify the social media channels, or we can even take a step further. What channels are they using to consume your content? I chose social media here because I wanted to give you the real life example of what I've fallen into this year. Even almost 20 years into this, I started getting distracted by the little shiny things that were out there. Now, that's not to be said that you shouldn't evaluate if you need to change up channels, like when Facebook engagement has plummeted and you need to switch over here, or maybe you want to introduce video and get a YouTube channel. That's fine. But I really don't think you should have more than two to three channels because the reality is that client avatar, again, go to episode 12 if you want to walk through it, they're not on every single channel. And if they are on every channel, they may be an entrepreneur like you that's spread too thin. They're not even engaging with your content properly. All right. So that's one way that you can easily simplify today. Started with that. The second one is look at the products and or services that you're offering. And I want to give the example here of actually online entrepreneurs because um, I'm very much that. And I found myself falling into this in the last few years as well. There is a variety of products that you can offer. 
digital downloads, webinars, podcasts, courses, memberships, masterminds, uh, one-to-one type of consulting, coaching type sessions. That is seven that I just outlined off the top of my head. Didn't even put it in my notes here. That's seven because I'm looking at all these industry leaders saying these are the things that you have to offer. No, jack of all trades, master of none. We want to scale down. Let me reverse that. We want to simplify down to scale up. All right. So we want to simplify back. The simpler that you can get, the easier your message is, the more time you can put into those products, just like we talked about with the social media channels, and you can grow yourself a bit more. By taking YouTube off the cha- off the um, table for me, it took a lot of my anxiety away of trying to get video injected, which that's still a goal on my list. But so who knows? Maybe it'll change. But right now, low-hanging fruit, it was better. What was the quote that we started with? Keep showing up. Even as imperfect as you may think it is, imperfect presence prevails over perfect procrastination. I was perfecting the procrastination of not getting the YouTube videos up because I was like, I got to learn video. I got to learn lighting. It's all got to be perfect first. So instead, what did I do? Minimum vile product. I already know that many of y'all are on Instagram, so I've been injecting more videos, even as imperfect as they are, to get the message out because that is what's important. I would rather have two to three months while I'm learning video or I'm learning a skill or looking to improve and cultivate another platform or product or service. I still want to have at least like those three to four months of showing up even though it's imperfect. But going back to what I'm saying with the products here, I want this... Not to say, by the way, this side note on this, my hands are up. This isn't to say you should put out trash product. This doesn't say you should put out crappy content. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be the perfectly lit video. With having social media, it can be just fun. You can, the other day, y'all, I did a lot, I did a live, oh gosh, I'm embarrassed now I'm even sharing this, but I'm transparent. I did a live and I had acne patches on my face and I completely forgot about it until I already posted it. But you know what? I even did a poll. And no one said anything about it. No one even cared. That was just real. All right. So just consider that imperfect presence prevails over the perfect procrastination. But I got deviated a little bit. Point number two on this is look at the products and services that you're offering and simplify. All right. And I understand that you may be all about diversify, diversify. And I agree with that to a point. But I really do think that when you have too many options, your consumer becomes overwhelmed. You become spread too thin and you're overcomplicating it. So let's scale back on our products. And let me give you an example. One of the things that we did at the Law Tog, which is the legal resource for photographers, we're very heavy in contract template form. So that's our key cornerstone like product that we offer. And that is a really great solution for photographers who need help. And the other side of it is we were constantly in this cycle of like launching courses or having to maintain these evergreen funnels. And we're like, you know what? Why don't we, after listening to our audience, let's simplify a bit here. Instead of having these eight courses and all of these downloads, let's simplify what we can. Well, the only thing that we could look at here, we had two buckets. We had the products and we had all the education. We're like, all right, let's put all the education into a membership and streamlined it. That was a better return for our audience and also simplified it for us on the back end. All right, so the third thing too, after social media channels and products, which are the major things that I'm seeing y'all overcomplicating, is your message, messaging. And I understand it. You have this fear of niching down. You have this fear of getting direct because you don't want to exclude anybody. But guess what? Riches are in the niches. You want to speak to a singular transformation 
well, transportation too. Maybe, maybe you have a transportation company, but a specific transformation in one to two, maybe three, probably not three unique selling propositions. And what I think is important about this, and this is where I also get tripped up even myself when I sit down to do something, we go back to that formula that I talked about episode 12, and it's always your client avatar plus your unique selling value. And that's what I'm talking about here. And in your messaging is often it's the unique selling value that falls off or there's too much in there. Consider this. I can present to y'all a very specific unique selling proposition, but you know what? Once you're in the door, once you're caught with that, I can sneak in what I need to. For example, talking with someone the other day, they came to me because they wanted to talk about brand strategy. That didn't mean I was confined to just brand strategy discussion. One of the elements that we talked about was legal protection because what? I'm an intellectual property attorney as well. And so that was one of the key things. But if my hook originally had been, well, let's just talk about trademarks, she wouldn't have bought it. I mean, she wouldn't have wanted my opinion necessarily on that, or she would have shelved it. Instead, I was able to fully service, solve the solution. We talked about brand strategy. We talked about this unique selling proposition and her client avatar. Then I was able to talk about the legal stuff. So looking at that, we want to simplify our message. We want to make sure that we're selling the transformation. When I say selling, it can be serving. I don't mean be schmormy and sleazy, but you want your consumer avatar to see what you can promise them, the transformation they can get, and why you, one to two reasons, what your unique selling value is, why you're different than anyone else. Please, please focus on this. And the reason I didn't put this one first is because I didn't want y'all to click away and go, oh, well, you know, I've heard this before, niche down, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? But many of y'all are probably listening because I still have to remind myself sometimes not to get distracted by the shiny things, not to uh, feel like I have to throw all the spaghetti noodles out there. Just throw one or two, get them hooked, and then you can feed them the whole meal. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about how this looks structurally. All right, there's three main ways that I see that you can do this. And this is going to vary depending on what type of business you are and how you want to implement this. Like I mentioned before already, simplify to one to two products. That's a great way right off the bat. Simplifying the social media channels, the products, and the messaging. That is the key one here. But I have two other quick ways that get y'all's brains going a little bit. And this has been on my Instagram stories because I have some more information coming down the line because I want to encourage this to many of all that already have a solid business. Consider building multiple brands. Consider taking what you've created once and recreating it again. I've definitely done it, and I've honestly, patting my back, saying humbly done it very well. But you can also consider having multiple audiences in one brand. So let's go back to what we just talked about with message, the transformation and the unique selling values. You don't want to be too confusing, but you can use targeting and segmentation through ads and content and filtering and your email automation and even just landing pages and target different audiences with one brand. For example, right? So rachelbranke.com, that's me. As I have been teasing out on social media, we are going to be opening back up Accelerator and Mastermind style stuff coming up soon and we're retiring the contract template form. So nice little micro pivot there, but that's the way I can talk a bit more about this type of content. Legal's still gonna be a little part of it, so don't feel like you're you're not gonna get that. But within that, I was, and if you've seen actually on Twitter, I've been sharing some of my own struggles of, oh, how do I develop my USP? Because I'm so scared of 
getting too general that it becomes confusing the audience. It's overcomplicated and spread too thin and it's just not sticking with anybody. And then I realized I don't have to be hung up with one specific audience. So let's say I can take like female entrepreneurs, I can have a landing page for lawyers who I know I can help, a landing page for business coaches, a landing page for financial planners. So that is another way to consider how you can target your messaging without necessarily having to choose only one to talk to or create multiple brands or just remain the generalist. And I know that sounds almost like, oh, that's not simplifying, but it is. Once you get a structure in place, once you've nailed your one to two, maybe three social media channels, once you've simplified your products, and once you've gotten your message with the transformation promise and the one to two unique selling values for that audience under control, you can copy and paste it across. So that's one way, you know, kind of frame your mind a little bit more advanced, but how you can scale in the future. Now, I know this episode was a little longer than normal, but I really wanted to set it up to show you that niching down is extremely important in your products, in your presence, and in your messaging. It's the honestly, y'all, it is the only way to scale up. All right, let me give you an example. Let's look at someone like Jasmine Starr. If you don't know who she is, she's a wonderful social media advertiser. But you know what? She started in the photography industry. She started very narrow. Same thing with Jenna Kutcher, Gold Digger Podcast. She started teaching and speaking specifically to photographers, then expanded out. James Wedmore started with video marketing. When the very Actually, I got ahead of myself. He started with bartending, um, teaching bartenders, and then moved into video marketing, and then now works with more expansive, broader uh, consumer avatar of digital CEOs. So I am telling you all, if you are in a place where you feel like things are overcomplicated, you're not growing, you need to niche down to scale up. So go back through, listen to this episode. We're also going to stick um, the transcript and everything, as always, on the show notes page, rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 137. And FYI, don't forget the Real Biz Real Life Challenge free that we're going to have the giveaways and content. I mean, like daily videos from me for like a week is going to be coming up soon. Hop onto the wait list over at rachelbranke.com so we can make sure to get it into your hands. We don't necessarily want to rely on social media, but I will be sharing it on the podcast when that time comes as well. I would love to hear about your stories of how you visualize a real business in a real life to be. Come jump into the Business Bites Facebook group. As always, would love to hear about it, share about it. We'll have a thread for this episode just like we do every week. And I look forward to hearing about it because that's one of the ways that our minds change. We grow, we aspire to new things is to hear and learn from others. All right, y'all have a good week. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.